Welcome to GLOW, the Glorious Ladies of Engineering podcast. In the spirit of reconciliation, I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in Southern Alberta. The city of Calgary is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Our purpose with this podcast is to inspire women and non-binary folk to pursue and continue careers in engineering by spotlighting leaders, role models, and peers, showcasing achievements, and discussing challenges at all stages of our professional lives. My name's Nicole, and I'm from Calgary, Alberta. Welcome to Season 2 of the GLOW Podcast. We talked a little on our season one wrap-up episode about taking on a bit too much in season one, so we're making some changes for season two. We'll be releasing monthly episodes, and those will come out on the first Monday of every month, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss them. Today's episode is the first in a series of seven Q&A episodes. We received a lot of positive feedback from our initial podcast guest call-out for season one, and if I'm being honest, I wanted to talk to everyone. So I thought I would try something a little different. In this series, I'm asking eight women the same seven questions. Each episode is a compilation of answers to one of the questions. And those questions are as follows. Why did you choose engineering? Who are your role models and why do you look up to them? What challenges have you faced in your engineering role? What does your typical day look like? What are your hopes for the future of engineering? Where do you think the industry is lacking and how can we improve it? And finally, what advice would you give to young women interested in or just starting out in engineering? With this series, I'm hoping to inspire and also spread the word about what a career in engineering could look like. With doctors, firefighters, teachers, etc., it's much easier for young people to get an idea of what those careers look like because we see them. But how often do we get to see engineers in their natural habitat if we don't know one in real life? In the first episode of the series, I'm asking each woman why they chose a career in engineering and how they chose their discipline. I will include descriptions of each guest for future episodes. You don't need to try to memorize or keep track of everyone's voice. But if you forget who anyone is or need a refresher, come back to this episode, as it will have the most detailed intro and background for each guest. So without further ado, let's get into it. First up, we have Alexis Mulligan, a chemical engineering student at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, my name is Alexis Mulligan. I'm in my fifth year of chemical engineering at Dalhousie University. I am the current president of Dalhousie Women in Engineering Society, and I'm completing my degree in chemical engineering and doing a certificate alongside my degree in biomedical engineering. I sit on the Engineers Nova Scotia Women in Engineering Committee as a Dalhousie representative, and I also sit on the Dalhousie Faculty Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee as a student representative as well. Alexis, why did you choose engineering? So honestly, when I first chose to go into engineering, I didn't really know what it was. And this is a common response I've heard from many women in engineering today. I knew that I like math, physics, engineering, science, and had a passion for solving those complex problems, but there wasn't enough talk around it when I was in grade school, at least, to even know what engineers did or who engineers could be. My physics teacher in high school was previously an engineer, and he encouraged me to apply, and so I did. But after my first few months in my degree, I realized I made the right choice. I discovered that it was engineers who solved problems in the world that really do have the most impact. 
like creating the light bulb or detecting cancer. And as engineers, we are changing the world with innovations that do affect people's lives. And not only do we get to dream up these cool things um, and design them, but we also get to go into the labs and make them, which is pretty cool. That's such a cool answer. (laughs) How did you decide on your discipline? We had to decide after our first year. So for me, it was more, I really enjoyed biochem and a lot of people don't like chemistry while you're in engineering, but I loved it. So I thought I would take the chemical engineering route because I thought it was the right fit for me. Next, we have Kelsey Van Tassel, an energy modeling engineer, also known as Building Simulation, and she's based out of Vancouver, British Columbia. My name is Kelsey Van Tassel. I'm a mechanical engineer, but I've only ever worked in energy modeling. For many building codes, uh, you need to meet a certain level of energy performance. So I build the virtual model of all the building's energy using systems and predict how much energy it's going to use when it's built see if it meets code or meets the requirements for an incentive or meets the requirements for a rating or (laughs) whatever they're they're looking for. Why did you choose engineering? That's a funny story, actually. So I was, I think it was like fourth grade. (laughs) And I was just like, there's this, yeah, yeah, there's a chart on the wall. And it was just like a bunch of skills down one side of careers along the top. And I was like, oh, math, science. Yeah, I'm good at those. And then I suggested a mechanical engineer as one of the potential careers. And I was like, okay, sounds good chart. I'll do that. <laughs> At nine years old, just yeah, like, yeah. decision just, made. I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, chart. Uh, I don't know. Just <laughs> very cool. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was such an authority, but <laughs> but it did seem to work. I, and I chose, the funny thing is the chart, actually, my wife's a writer and I really have always been interested in writing and actually scored better in language um, SATs than in math. <laughs> but I just, I picked the, the career the, you know, originally because there was stuff I was good at, not because there was stuff I liked best necessarily. So it didn't really occur to me to like choose writing as a career. So <laughs> Interesting. It seems to work, have worked out well. Yeah, it does. It does. And then getting into energy modeling was they needed an energy modeler in, in my first job, and so they trained me as one, and it turned out I really liked it. So it just it worked out. But <laughs> Neha Ninam is an electrical engineer based out of London, Ontario. She also recently just got her PNG, which is fantastic news. Congratulations, Neha. My name is Neha. I went to the University of Western Ontario. I obtained my electrical engineering degree there. Currently I'm practicing similar to that. I'm actually in embedded systems right now. So I'm doing a lot of, I'm the product owner for the embedded systems at where I'm at. So there's a lot of, uh, we've had like a telematics device. And so there's that kind of programming and whatnot that we do on there. But it's funny because, you know, that that engineering mindset has sort of expanded from uh, how do I implement the solution to let's actually understand the problem and, and you know, sort of look at the bigger picture and the impact and the this and that. So that's kind of been fun as well. Um, and so that that's what I'm doing right now. I guess I'll finish off just around the education. I, I also got a master's um, in engineering and medicine, but ended up choosing not to do that in the sense that at the time I had thought about I might be doing a uh, so, sort of a postdoc in that sort of realm. But as interesting as it was to me, I actually wanted to get into the workforce. 
and not stay in school anymore. So yeah, so I, I left school. It's, it's actually funny because I've now ended up in sort of the field of study that I had studied when I was in, in school, but I started off as a QA person, as a quality assurance person. And that was kind of interesting how just sort of, um, you know, how things fall into play, your story sort of eventually grows and grows with the, with the QA aspect being in like being in IT and sort of seeing the whole delivery process, whether you're in an IOT um, sort of industry or you're in like SaaS, doesn't really matter. You know, that perspective is very different than that of the engineer in school who's like solving the problem. The QA person is coming in and trying to break your solution. So that I think perspective change added to then now being able to see the whole story and say, hey, like, you know, here's the impact. And so that's really cool. Why did you choose engineering? I chose engineering because of a few different reasons. One of them was that for the longest time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I never really had my heart set on really anything. I thought I was going to be a neurosurgeon for the longest time, but that was 12 year old me, not happening. When I was in grade 11, we had to make a, you know, you have to start figuring out, okay, what courses are you going to take and, and all this stuff. And then that of course lines up with what you're going to do in university. And I wanted to essentially keep as many options as I possibly could still had made no decision, but was like, you know, I'm certainly more inclined to the sciences um, and the math than I am to the arts world. And so I took those kinds of courses. Then I got to grade 12 and my physics teacher just shook my world. I was taking physics, of course, before, but certainly I understood it's science, but I didn't necessarily, like it wasn't motivating. I really didn't, it was kind of, I got to do well in physics so I can get to university. You know what I mean? But when I got to grade 12, my teacher, Mr. Robertson, he really um, turned things around for me and opened up the world of engineering to me significantly more than it had been before. Before I just knew it was it was a thing. It's like you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you could be a painter, you can be a blah blah blah, you can be an engineer. Okay, cool. But he uh had also had like connections with with Western with the university. So there was a lot of exposure going on there as well, where those folks would come and talk to us at, at school or we would go there and sort of, you know, sit in the lecture hall and do whatever. So I think, you know, the play on get from high school to some sort of uh post-secondary education worked very well in that sense, but it was just very different because I wasn't expecting that. Like I, I really liked math and all that was great, but physics kind of, it, it was, it was a teacher. Yeah. That's really cool. How did you choose electrical engineering? That, that is an excellent question. So at Western, the program is for the first year, you're just doing a, you're doing a general year. And then when you, and then by second, third, you know, by the second year you have to pick. I had, I was lucky enough to become wonderful friends and still is my great friend the one other girl who was in my class she was debating on what she wanted to do of course I was as well in electrical was the most amount of calculus you would do in out of all of the engineerings let's do it what do I have challenge to do, accepted right? challenge yeah. accepted yeah and then thankfully she was in the same with me as well so we both challenge accepted that worked out pretty well that's <laughs> You're like, which one is going to be the most challenging? I will choose that one. And yes. engineering is already so hard. <laughs> You're and so brave. Because I like I had joined the Women in Engineering Club when I was at uh, in like first year. And only when I was in that club did I understand truly that there are not that many females in engineering. Like when I was in high school, Mr. Robertson really didn't let me see that there was any sort of weird discrepancy or anything really to notice between genders or anything like that. 
I was halfway through like first year or something like that. Pro that's probably an exaggeration. But before I realized, oh my goodness, there's like four of us. What the heck's going on here? Um, and so, yeah. So because of that, I think it, it sort of made it like, let's do it. Whatever. Up next is Vivian Kasuth, a maintenance engineer in Lethbridge, Alberta. Her voice and story may sound familiar to you. After we recorded her interview, we listened to it back and were so moved by what she had to say that we featured her in a season one episode. If you want to hear everything Vivian has to say, check out episode four of season one. My name is Vivian Kasuth. I'm a mechanical engineer. I graduated from the University of Manitoba. I am a maintenance engineer and I look after the reliability of food manufacturing equipment. Very cool. Why did you choose engineering? My goodness. I remember being a grade 11 high school student and there, there must have been posters around the high school because I knew that there was an engineering student, a female, coming to our school to do a talk after school and I attended and I just heard what she had to say about engineering and it was almost after that talk, you know, I, I, I recall going to my mom and saying there was this talk uh, about it because I excelled in the sciences in school, right? Like one of the top in math, the top in physics, loved chemistry. So it was just a, a no brainer to be in the sciences. And, you know, I had a, a quick talk with my mom and then we never had to talk about it again. I just knew that from grade 11, I was going to be in engineering at the University of Manitoba, like closed book. How did you land in mechanical? You know, that is like an odd thing because I remember looking at the brochures for mechanical engineering and back in the 90s, they were black and white brochures. They were extremely boring looking and there was just a picture of a man looking at a boiler and I thought, oh my God, like I there's there's no way I could do such a boring job and that's what I do now and I love it. <laughs> Heather Elliott is a building envelope engineer in Calgary, Alberta. I find building envelope to be a very interesting discipline and so I was really excited to talk to Heather and hear about how she got started and the path she took to get into into building envelope. So my name is Heather Elliott. I work with Intuitive in Calgary and I've worked there for about eight years and I've been in the engineering field for a little over 10. I work as a building science professional or building envelope engineer. Basically means that I take care of everything on the outside of the building from roofing to walls to windows to waterproofing and everything in between. So I'm lucky enough to work as prime as well as not prime as a sub on new construction as well as existing construction. Anything from a single family home up to a high rise. I find envelopes so interesting. Why did you choose engineering? So this was actually an interesting story. I was in high school grade 12 and for all of my high school career I was convinced that I was going to be an architect. It was always architect. In high school I actually went to Lord Beaverbrook in Calgary and they had a really fantastic hand drafting program, uh, something you don't see at every high school. And my drafting instructor there was amazing. He's retired now, but it was a fantastic team. And I actually remember in grade 12, you know, when you're kind of talking about what you're going to do when you're doing your university applications and such, I was really struggling between state architectural technologist and U of C architect. 
he actually basically sat me down and he was like, you're not an architect. I'm going to tell you right now, you're an engineer. And he's like, your personality, you're just so detail oriented and way more excited about how the things get put together than you are about what they look like at the end. He's like, trust me, technologist or engineer. So I actually, I took his advice and he was a hundred percent right. <laughs> I love architects and I work with them every day, but I also realized that actually that was what got me so excited about buildings. Uh, and that's why I wanted to be an architect at that time, but I really just loved buildings, but I wanted to know how they went together. I didn't really care at the end of the day about the aesthetic as much. So I think that I, I made the right choice. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that I'm, a lot of women have set out on one particular path and gotten partway down it. Some, some, you know, in their adolescence and some, you know, midway through life and just completely changed course and are that much happier for it. So I, I always think that's really cool. Well, funny, like the second part of my story is that I did change paths in university as well. I started in engineering, but also buildings track mine. So structural, structural engineering. Did that the whole time until my last year at UFC engineering. Took an option under the environmental design umbrella at UFC, which was essentially building envelope 101. And it was like this light bulb in my brain went off and I was like, what was that? This is so exciting and so interesting. And I had no idea what it was before then. So I've switched many times. <laughs> I essentially totally flipped my university applications around and then basically right before graduating, basically said, oh yeah, you know that structural engineering minor that I have on my diploma? Didn't use it. <laughs> uh, that's like, I've known you worked in building envelope for a while. So like, I knew that, but I, I never really knew how people ended up in building envelope. You know, it's not like structural, mechanical, electrical, and you know, they're just so much more clear cut. Do you have to take a building envelope specialty or like, how do people end up there in that space? Well, you know, what's interesting. I would say, especially in Alberta, probably at least half, if not more are basically that completely accidental kind of, you know, got exposed to it in some fashion along the way and went, wow, this is really interesting to me. There are plenty of building science programs, especially on the West Coast and in uh, Ontario. The BCITs of the world, U of T, Ryerson, you know, they've all got a, a building science program. Sometimes it's under the architectural umbrella, sometimes it's under the engineering umbrella, but there is that as an option. In the prairies, that's just not something, at least when I was in post-secondary, it wasn't an option. It wasn't really top of mind. You're starting to see it. You know, like you're seeing programs at SATE. You're seeing programs at NATE. It's like you're, you're seeing it kind of infiltrate post-secondary now, but it's still like a new discipline when compared to the structural mechanical electricals of the world, just because I think it, it Everybody knows what a structural engineer does and has for a long time, but building envelope was still kind of new enough on the scene when I graduated that most people didn't even know what it was, couldn't, couldn't define it. These days I'm finding more people know what that means and what that role includes. And especially if you go somewhere like Vancouver, you know, they went through this leaky condo crisis of the 1990s, which almost kicked off building science on the West Coast. And now... They are one of the, uh, you know, they're very far ahead of the curve in that sense, if you're looking at new technologies and research and things like that. So it's almost like where the problems have been, it has kind of birthed itself. And now it's just kind of moving over North America. 
Very cool. It's interesting that you say that no one or well, people don't know as much what what a building science engineer does. And and I agree with you, but I also think, you know, I guess structural is pretty clear, at least if you know if you're building if you're designing bridges or buildings. But I think that, you know, it, when you're growing up as a kid and you you want to be a doctor, you go to the doctor's office, you see doctors, you get a feel for what their job looks like. But unless you're exposed to some kind of engineer, you no one really knows what we do. No, I, I agree. Mechanical, electrical, people. It's not that people don't know what you do, I find. It's that they're so broad. Like a mechanical engineer could do a hundred different things. An electrical engineer could do a hundred different things. It's like, are you in wind? Are you in buildings? Like, I don't know, right? But there's so many things that people can do. And I think building science and building envelope is interesting because it used to be something that architects kind of did or or had kind of the 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 skill set and the 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 purvey over it's almost like it's become more and more specialized though over the years Mm. so then it's it's almost become its own discipline because of that yeah and it's the same for you know hvac or other uh kind of niche you know it's almost like there's niches within (laughs) all of the the disciplines Megan Bowen is a mechanical engineer working in the oil and gas industry. She recently received her master's in renewable energy and engineering management from Germany, which is really exciting. Congratulations, Megan. Uh, So my name is Megan Bowen. I'm a mechanical engineer by trade, and then I entered the uh, oil and gas industry for 10 years, where I worked as a reservoir engineer and development engineer before going back to school to complete my master's in renewable energy and engineering management in Germany. And uh, returning to Canada has meant that I really get a chance to blend my uh, previous experience and new knowledge. So I'm currently the ESG coordinator for an oil and gas company. Very cool. How did you choose engineering? Ah, so originally I wanted to be an astronaut. (laughs) Yeah, I was uh, generally top of math and physics and um, thankfully had enough support uh, from like my parents and uh, and so on because guidance counselors would consistently say, oh, you should be a teacher or you should go and do this other thing. And I was like, no, I've, I've heard engineering is really where it's at. And uh, I knew I couldn't become an astronaut as a doctor because the human body is disgusting. <laughs> but um, but I could I could become an astronaut if I was an engineer. And uh, went to space camp and all that fun stuff and, and definitely wanted, uh, that was part of my, my pursuit. So I assume then is the astronaut factor the reason you chose mechanical over all the other disciplines? Um, I chose mechanical because I wanted it to be broad. So um, my dad's a petroleum engineer and he was very specific, like, do not specialize that soon. You just don't know what you want yet. So I was strictly looking between electrical, chemical, and mechanical. Electrical was stuff with (laughs) with Tesla, who was a genius, like I could not understand. And then between uh, chemical and uh, mechanical, mechanical just kind of made more sense to me. Uh, we got to do some machine shop stuff, work with our hands a little more. Uh, it seemed like that was some project management opportunity. So that, that seemed like a natural fit. And then um, it also had the specialization track for um, thermodynamics and aerodynamics. So I did in fourth year take the um, aerodynamics specialty in, in hopes of, of doing some astronaut work. 
I want to pause here and tell you a little about my story, how I got into engineering, and how I chose mechanical as my discipline. As we've heard, there's often someone who opens our eyes to engineering, and for me, that was my auto shop teacher, Mr. Sulier, who gave me opportunities that I probably otherwise wouldn't have had. In fact, in grade 11, a classmate and I deconstructed a four-cylinder engine, cut the block in half, and reassembled the engine so that you could see the inner workings. I believe this is on display at my high school still, which is pretty cool. I didn't start out planning to be in engineering. I had originally wanted to be a lawyer. I was obsessed with mysteries and true crime as a kid, and I still am to this day. I watch a lot of Law & Order. But over time, I realized that seven years of school was probably a bit too long for me, and after my experience in auto shop, I decided to switch tracks to engineering. I graduated in 2008 as the recession hit, and automakers were relocating out of Windsor and Detroit, which is where I grew up. So I decided to move west, and here I am 13 years later, working in the construction industry as an HVAC and plumbing engineering consultant. As far as discipline, it's easy for me to sit back now and look at all of the disciplines and think about how each of them would have been an interesting and rewarding career track. But for me, I always wanted to know how and why everything moves and works. And at the time, it was like mechanical was the only discipline there was. Next, we have Hannah Kaufman. She recently graduated from mechanical engineering at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'm Hannah Kaufman. I use she, her pronouns. I'm originally from Rochester, New York, but I actually did my undergrad in mechanical engineering at Dalhousie University up in Halifax, Nova Scotia. In my undergrad, I opted to do the co-op program, so I worked at companies like Laval. I did materials engineering research, and I worked at Pratt Whitney Canada. In my, my time in my undergrad, I was very involved within the engineering community. I was most recently the vice president of women in engineering. I was super involved with women in engineering since I, my first or second year of university. I actually developed a technical skill building workshop with them to help women engineering students gain technical experience and confidence without the pressure of a grade and more experienced personnel taking over. I'm also, or was, the co-president of Jack.org, which is a mental health advocacy organization based in Canada, and we're specifically focused on engineering students. And I was also the student representative on the engineering faculty's EDI committee and the Engineers Nova Scotia's Women Engineering Committee. I just graduated this May. Congratulations. I'm very excited about it. It took forever, a lot of hard work, (laughs) a lot of late nights, a lot of doubts. I just moved to Montreal. I'm very excited to start my career. I'm hoping to immigrate to Canada in a few years. I'm planning on starting with Pratt Whitney Canada as a senior associate on their testing and validation team. So like building engines and testing engines and doing all the handwork i guess i'm excited for very cool also for just being your recent accomplishments that's a very impressive list (laughs) so why did you choose engineering that's kind of a roundabout way i guess the simplest answer would be is i learned essentially a professional problem solver and my mom growing up always told me never approach a problem without a solution and from a very, very young age, 
I've always had that mindset and have been so excited about just technical stuff. Just getting my hands dirty is exciting. But would you like to know the long, longer story of how I actually decided I want to be an engineer? Absolutely. I guess for starters, when I was a young kid, my first job I wanted to be was a WWE wrestler, if you know what that is. Yes, I do. So, and then I wanted to be a mechanic. So I always gravitated to more masculine roles. <laughs> I don't know why. But and my dad growing up always told me, Hannah, you should be an engineer when you grow up. But as any child, I didn't want to listen to my parents. I didn't care that my dad wanted me to be an engineer. I didn't want to have any part of it. So when I was 13 or 14, I ended up doing this work camp. I went into the inner city and we helped families who asked to have help fix up their homes who couldn't afford it otherwise. And I was placed with a family who was a hoarder. And I kept getting given the quote unquote girly task, which really bothered me because I like getting my hands dirty. During this time, you're we actually renovating our home. So I was always helping my dad with this kind of more hands-on work. So I was familiar with how to how to do these things. And I kept being told to clear the trash out of the lawn and paint the walls instead of rebuild the staircase or fix the door hinge. And I was it just ticked me off, to be frank. And it came to a point where I was standing next to one of the supervisors who was an engineer who was a man. And he asked one of the boys to come over to help move a table. And I was standing right next to him. And I said, oh, no, I can help you. I was, oh, no, I'll have one of the boys come. And I was like, fuck you. So <laughs> I grabbed the table and moved it by myself. And after that, I stopped asking permission to do things and just started doing them. And slowly and surely, I earned the respect. And at the end of this, one of the supervisors asked me if I wanted to be an engineer when I grew up. And at the time, I was like, Haha, yeah, I don't know what an engineer was. So I went home, I Googled it, and I was like, hell yeah, that is exactly what I want to be when I grow up. And ever since then... It just felt right in my heart. How did you choose mechanical? I was kind of stuck between industrial and civil at first. I went into school thinking there's not a chance I'm touching mechanical or electrical. I could never do that. That's too technical. It's robots. No. Then I realized as I went started to go through, I'm really good at logistics side of engineering, like the strategic, the thought process, the organization, the communication skills, which kind of maybe align better with industrial. But I just get a joy from getting my hands dirty, building stuff, seeing how stuff t is technically put together and like the physical aspect of it. So mechanical just seemed like the best route for me. I think mechanical rocks, honestly. It's I've, I always thought it was like the broadest version of engineering. Every discipline will argue that, that cause, but I stand my case. <laughs> well, one thing we've learned talking to a bunch of different women in a bunch of different disciplines is that every discipline has so many options, which is beyond what I had thought each discipline could do. There's just so many things. Last but not least, we have Saffron Skinner-Wilson, a building envelope engineer in Calgary, Alberta. So I'm Saffron Skinner-Wilson. Uh, I'm a building envelope specialist with a civil engineering degree from um, University of Alberta. I work at Intuitive in the Calgary office. Uh, I've been in construction industry in various types of roles for about nine years now, including general contractor, sub-trade, and this is my second stint uh, as a consultant, which is where I actually am happiest, and, and I've, I've landed here. 
So one thing that I also really want to, to make clear when we have this conversation, I'm not your typical engineer. Like I'm actually real bad at math. Uh, let's make that. Like, <laughs> I thought I was good at math. And then I went to university and realized I'm really bad at math and actually kind of dyslexic for it. Um, I really enjoy the human interaction side of things, which isn't all that common for engineers. And I don't like when things are black and white, which is, again, typical engineering. Um, but all that really blends nicely into building envelope because everything we do as our profession is analyzing risk and communicating that risk to clients. Because effectively, in our profession, the best performing zero risk item is a box. No windows, no doors, flat roof, no basement, but no building is actually built that way because it's not usable. So every single element that we add adds risk and it is my job to evaluate, understand and communicate that part to clients. So I have found myself in a really different space in engineering that doesn't necessarily align or even resemble a lot of the other disciplines. Um, so I'm just kind of putting that out there before answering all the other questions, because I'm sure that I have different answers, maybe not from Heather, because she's in the same category I am, but um, I know that we deviate from your typical engineering disciplines. That's okay. I think that's really good. Also, we don't really value soft skills enough in engineering, going into it at least, but they are a huge part of engineering. Yeah. So that is really, really important, which I think <laughs> is good that you offer that different perspective. So why did you choose engineering? I had planned to be an orthodontist from like grade two to probably grade 11. I had a friend, like a best friend. She was going to be a dentist. We were going to take over her dad's practice. We had this mapped out. And right around halfway through grade 11, I realized I hated people's mouths. And thus, it was a terrible career path for me. <laughs> so I had to do like a super fast reshuffle. And one of my best friend's mom was a biomedical engineer. And so she was doing research out of the U of C, specifically for better flak jackets and helmets for rodeo guys to reduce any impact and uh, damage they would get through the rodeo circuit. And I thought that sounded really cool. And so she and I had always, we would always talk about it. And I realized that here's a profession that maybe, maybe I would like to do. Maybe I'd like to do research. Maybe I'd like to do like rodeo equipment design. Um, so I went into engineering because you know, Janet made it look cool. And everyone that I knew who was an engineer effectively said, doesn't matter what you do with it. If you get the degree, you can do anything else afterwards. It doesn't limit you. It only gives you options. So it seemed like a pretty solid choice when you didn't necessarily have, when, when your hopes of orthodontistry have fallen through and left you <laughs> floundering, this seemed like a solid next step. And then I ended up going to civil because I hated engineering first year and I'm sure I'm not alone in that the first year of engineering university is the worst it's just a harder grade 12 where you're not learning anything fun but it's just really hard and they do that specifically to weed out a lot of people um, so I actually tried to get out of engineering and to go into neurosciences um, but they wouldn't let me switch my my major or my discipline halfway through the year so I just kind of like rode out engineering and really liked the civil class in that it was my best grade and I never went to class. It was my designated nap time. Again, I'm not the best, most typical engineer that you're going to find out there. <laughs> so I took the one class where I was like, if I can nap through all of my classes and still have it be my most interesting and best grade, clearly it's something I should be doing for a living. So like went into that. So I was civil with a major in structural and then I'm somewhat dyslexic at math. So on my last final final class of structural engineering when you're supposed to know the most you'll ever know coming out of school 
I designed a floor thickness for a slab that was negative 119 millimeters in depth. <laughs> and I just wrote on my exam, I promise not to do this for a living. <laughs> like walked out. <laughs> so I like managed to pass. Everything was fine. I was a, just an average student. But coming out of that, I went into construction because like you're saying, a lot of engineers don't actually value soft skills. Construction is where the engineers who have soft skills and no math skills kind of land. And then from there, found my way to building envelopes. Well, that concludes the first episode of this Q&A series. I hope you enjoyed hearing all of these stories. There were a couple common themes that I think most of the women shared. First is that a lot of us start out with a plan, and as we get partway down the path, we realize we need to change the plan. That's not only okay, it's also encouraged. As you come across things that inspire and drive you, do them more. It can only lead to good things. And the second common theme is that a lot of these women, myself included, were influenced by someone in our youth to give engineering a shot. And while many of you listening may have also had that experience, I'm hoping this podcast can be that influence too. If we can inspire even one young woman to check out engineering, or another woman to stay in engineering, then we have been successful at our podcasting goals. We're going to hear a lot more from these women about their role models on the second part of this Q&A series, so stay tuned for that. This podcast is developed and produced by Gina Marin, Miriam Abdulrahman, Kara Sloat, Neha Ninam, and me, Nicole Imason. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the GLOW podcast so more people can find us. For our socials, search at GLOW podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. That's G-L-O-E. We want to hear from you. What do you like or dislike about our show? What would you like to see us do with this platform? Please send your feedback to glowpodcast at gmail.com. We may even do a mailbag episode in the future, so let us know if you want to remain anonymous. Episode schedules can be found on our website at glow.ca, and our music is The Justice by Mountaineer. Thanks again for joining us today, and until next time, keep nerding out.